It's 7.08 here on Monday evening. It is the Employment Hour on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and Global News Radio 980 CFPL. We are live here. If you have any questions about your workplace rights, uh, you've been terminated, you think you are about to be terminated, you're being harassed, uh, issues concerning overtime pay, we're going to cover everything tonight and we will take your questions live. Give us a call, 416-870-6400. Or star 640 on cell, long distance, one triple eight two two five talk That's 225-8255. And, of course, you can always check us out online, employmenthour.com. Give the firm a call if you need to talk to Lior Samfiru. It's one 855 And help at employmenthour.com. And you're wondering, hey, that's not John Skull's voice tonight. No, it's uh, it's Ryan Bonner. And with me isn't Lior Samfiru. It's the workhorse of the law firm, John Pincus, employment lawyer. Uh, it's been a busy fall, I understand, at uh, Simfuru to Mark and LLP. A lot of people uh, giving you guys a shout and uh, seeking your help out. And uh, we'll talk to some people who need help. But uh, we always start off the show, uh, John, with the week that was. What's happening at the firm? Right. Good to be here talking about workplace law, about some real situations with real people. So uh, we'll uh, we'll start off with the week uh, that was. So just just a few situations that uh, came across my desk over the last few weeks. So jump right into it. Uh, the first situation was a young lady who, uh, well, I, I suppose relatively young lady, let's say. <laughs> she'd been working for 25 years, so you can, you can do the math there. Sure. Uh, she'd been working as a bookkeeper. Um, and about two months ago, uh, the company that she had been working for, which was a fairly small company, was purchased by a large organization, a large corporation. So this large corporation starts up and nothing really changes with her job. She doesn't sign a new contract. None of her responsibilities change. And she's in this job for about six weeks. And at that time, the new company decides, well, you know what? We have our own staff. Why are we, why are we employing two bookkeepers uh, when we have one that can handle this one and a bunch of other uh, companies that we just ate up. So after six weeks, she gets a letter from the new company saying, sorry, you know, nothing personal, but your position has been eliminated. And uh-huh. oh, because you've been here for, let's see, uh, six weeks, uh, you are in the probationary period and we don't owe you anything for termination pay or severance under the Employment Standards Act. But we're being so nice, we'll offer you two weeks' pay if you'll just sign this lovely release we've prepared. They always make it sound nice, don't they? Yes, yeah. this is gratuitous. Being so generous. Yeah. Without prejudice. They use all this very nice language to make you think that they're doing you a favor. Well, of course, this woman, after 25 years, was smart enough to know that this is not them doing a favor. Quite the contrary. And understandably, she was pretty emotional when she contacted me. I mean, what a way to end 25 years of employment, right? Pretty insulting. And so I, I told her, of course, this is complete nonsense. And she, she agreed. Well, she didn't use that word, but I'll, I'll let the listeners <laughs> fill in the blank. Let's make it family friendly. Let's here. make yeah, it family sure. friendly. I'm just, I'm just saying that's, that's the nicest term I can use here. Uh, but the, the reality is, uh, is when a purchaser takes over the assets of a business that you are employed at and you stay with the new company for the purpose of severance, your employment, generally speaking, will carry over. And after 25 years of service, this woman was entitled to about two years' pay, not six weeks. Wow. Now, for her, this was almost $100,000. And and imagine that. One signature could have cost her about $100,000. So we're in the process of negotiating that now. And I have no doubt that at the end of the day, this woman stands to gain a significant improvement, uh, a significant severance package. And, of course, she's going to need it because it's not easy finding a job after 25 years of working the same one. 
So there's there's a few lessons here. Uh, the first is that when you suck, when you start new employment, or, or I, I'm using air quotes, new employment with a purchaser, be very suspicious of any employment agreement that they try to get you to sign. And that's because now this wasn't at play in this situation, but had this woman I just described signed an employment agreement limiting her entitlements to the statutory minimum, she would have been entitled to only a very small fraction of the amount that we can now negotiate. So remember that the best employment agreement is always, always a handshake. And most obvious with a situation, like we always say, don't ever sign a release without speaking to a lawyer. It's just good sense. Had this woman done this uh, and just signed off that release without asking questions, say, well, they're telling me it's six weeks. They're telling me it's gratuitous. I guess I should sign it. Yeah. They're giving me a deadline. Uh, that That's literally a $100,000 mistake. Most of the time, that deadline does not mean anything because generally speaking, your rights will expire two years. Not one week, not two weeks, not three weeks, two years. So don't feel pressured Call us. Let's talk about it. There's no, uh, as you were saying, there's no deadline. And the, the easiest thing to do is uh, email help at employmenthour.com or give John or Leo or Sam Fewer a call at 1-855-821-5900. As we said, the phone lines are open. We are live here, 416-870-6400 or one 225 8255 Let's get to the first call of the evening. Lawrence, what's your question here for uh, John? I have a friend that uh, keeps on posting Facebook uh, postings that are negative about his, where he works as well as his managers. And I keep on telling him that he's going to get himself in a lot of trouble, but he keeps on telling me I'm nuts. And I mean, these are not just bad comments. I mean, four-letter finger-getters, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's well. That, I, I think you're right to advise him against doing that. Uh, it's never a good idea to use social media uh, in a way that is going to be publicly disparaging someone, especially if that someone is at work. Um, now, whether that means that the company has grounds to discipline or worse fire him is probably going to depend, uh, among other things on the kind of job that he has. So if he does actually get a repercussion for that, uh, well, he should probably stop doing it because as, as you correctly pointed out to him, and I think you're being a good friend by telling him this, I think you're giving him good advice. There's really, there's really nothing to be gained by doing that, of course. So it's not a good idea. Uh, but if he finds that this lands him in some hot water at work and they start threatening discipline, uh, or worse, they terminate his employment, he, he may want to give us a call at that point. But I can tell you that my first piece of advice is going to be the same advice that you gave him, which is don't do it, because there's really nothing to be gained by doing that. Even though it may not rise to the level of just cause or the level of discipline, uh, I, I I would tell him exactly what you're telling him. Stay away from the keyboard. That's what you should tell him, Lawrence. Okay, thanks. <laughs> not a problem. There he goes. It's, it's really a, kind of a gray area, it seems. Uh, in some cases, with social media and everybody has a platform, they can uh, share their thoughts, their deep, darkest you know, opinions. And as you said, it, there's a lot, in many cases, there's not a lot to be gained by it. It's just going to get you in hot water in the end. That's right. And if you're someone who is a public persona or someone in a visible role in your job, uh, it, it may actually have legal repercussions for you. Um, so you really do need to be careful with that that kind of stuff. At the very least, check your privacy settings. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, you know, <laughs> Facebook does have some options where you can at least limit who's going to see that posting. Uh, now, that's certainly not a perfect solution, uh, but you, you you do have to be careful about this stuff. 
Uh, I want to go back to the phone calls in a second. 416-870-6400 or one 225 talk And of course, you can always call uh, Lior Sanfiru at 1-855-821-5900 confidentially and help at employmenthour.com. Uh, I just want to jump back to your week that was. You were talking about somebody with uh, decades of uh, employment experience. A new company came along and uh, after six weeks... Uh, she was let go, this woman, and they mentioned that she, um, well, we're letting you go uh, and not having to pay you your full severance rights because you were under a probationary period. Mm-hmm. Can can a new company coming in just automatically put all the employees they're scooping up from the old company? Can they just enter them into a probationary period like that out of the blue? Well, if the employee agrees to an employment uh, agreement a new a new one a new employment agreement then yes you can you can impose terms on them oh, okay. but you're not going to be able to for example terminate someone and pay them no severance if you've been employed there for 25 years now what they can say is we'll limit your um, uh, we'll limit your entitlements to the statutory minimum which in her case uh, probably would have been about 33 weeks of her pay um, but in 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 any event you can't turn someone into a probationary employee because you are going to inherit their service. Now, if there's some reason why the company feels they can justify cutting off your service and there's a specific employment agreement that speaks to this, um, then that's that's one thing. Um, but uh, generally speaking, you should expect that, that if you're an employee who signed up with a new purchaser, your service is going to carry over. And generally speaking, even if there is a termination clause, it's just going to limit your entitlements. It's not going to treat you as a new employee. But you do have to be careful because that is a new employment relationship. If mm-hmm. you agree and you sign an employment agreement, you're going to be bound by those terms. It's so, done, yeah. Yeah, so you do have to have that reviewed by an employment lawyer. Uh, that's why you always have to ask the questions when you have questions to ask and your employer is presenting you with something new. Uh, it's easy just to fire off a quick email, help at employmenthour.com. And before we jump to some more phone calls and emails as well, uh, John, let's get to our main topic of the evening. We'll kind of fit it in here amongst uh, calls to the show, but it's the termination of employment. And I just have some points here. I want to fire your way some questions. Uh, the first question is, is it more difficult to terminate for cause an employee who has worked for the company for a long time? Yeah, that's a good question. And generally speaking, I would say, yes, it is difficult to ter- more difficult to terminate an employee for cause if that employee is a long service employee. But there are exceptions to that, right? So if an employee has done something truly egregious, if that employee has done something such as stealing, they've committed fraud, they're in an obvious conflict of interest that hasn't been disclosed to the company. Well, in that case, it's not really going to matter if that employee has worked for three years or for 30 years. If you've been dishonest to an extreme level, um, then generally speaking, the employer is going to be able to say, well, of course we can't trust you anymore, even if we have trusted you the last 30 years. Now, conversely, if you're an employee and you have performed poorly, even if you're a very short service employee, that's still probably not going to be just cause for dismissal. So it is a factor, but it's it's definitely not the only factor, and often it's not the most uh, uh, important factor. That being said, if, for example, we're talking about performance, certainly more leeway is going to be granted uh, to someone who's been in an, uh, in an employment relationship for 20, 30 years rather than someone who's been there for, let's say, Two to two to three years, and the same would go for other forms of misconduct. You know, maybe inappropriate uh, uh, behavior at work, or, or um, you know, even some insolent behavior. Depending on what it is, you may grant more leeway to someone who's who's been there for longer. 
But definitely, I mean, I get people coming to me who've done so, who've who have done things that had they been a two or three year employee, you know, maybe they they uh, were in, you know insubordinate or they were uh, performing very very poorly. Um, those people, if they come to me and they're a two or three year employee, my advice to them will be different than someone who's really? 20, 20 to thirty. So if you have a good age. track record, you know, a long history. Yeah, it bodes it bodes well for you better. Absolutely, absolutely, it does. Right. So uh, judges often make comments that people who uh, have been employed for twenty, thirty years and they have a clean track record, no disciplinary history, those people are going to be treated differently by the law. Well, that's why again, you always have to uh, ask the questions if you have them. Here we are live with John Pincus, employment lawyer at Semfiru Tamarkin LLP. Uh, we're taking your calls four one six eight seven zero six two four hundred or star six forty on cell. Long distance, you can give us a shout as well. Doesn't cost you anything. A one triple eight two two five talk. And if you want to give the firm a call anytime, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. All phone calls made confidentially and help at employment hour and if you weren't aware, uh, it's a great TV show, Employment Hour in 30. You can watch it every weekend on Global TV and CTV, Saturdays and Sunday with uh, the guy who's usually here on the show, John Scholes and Lior Sanfiru. Uh, more information about that, employmenthourtv.ca. But we'll get back to the show. More of your phone calls, your emails, and more with John Pincus on the termination of employment. It's the Employment Hour, Global News Radio 640 Toronto and Global News Radio 980 CFPL. It is the Employment Hour. I'm Ryan Bonner here with you. Uh, so is employment lawyer John Pincus, as I called him, the workhorse of San Firu Tamarkin LLP. Taking your questions live at 416-870-6400 and one 225 talk Of course, you don't have to call in and uh, throw your questions out here on air, but if you wanted to talk uh, to the firm confidentially, it's one 821 5900 or email. It's help at employmenthour.com. And we'll get to uh, an email and some other points here about the termination of employment uh, in, in a second, John. But, of course, uh, the phone calls take precedence here on the show. And let's get right back to it with uh, David. What What's your question here for John? Uh, John, could we flip over to the employer side for a minute here, please? Um, If I have an employee who stole money from me, uh, let's say $50,000 over a period of a year, the employee's terminated, uh, charged with theft, Mm -hmm. and um, it, it starts going through the court process, but eventually the money actually gets paid back to the employer, Mm-hmm. and the charges are dropped, mm-hmm. when that person goes to get another job and the company asks them for their employment history going back, I don't know, the last three jobs or whatever, if they do put down that they work for me and I get a call, what am I legally allowed to tell the employer that's calling me? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I tell them that there was some hanky-panky, or do I have to only – Tell them A, B, C, I, I, what, what would I be allowed to say? Well, well David, you were lucky uh, you have John here because he was actually in a very important case about something along those lines uh, recently. Yes. So myself and one of the other lawyers at the firm, Gerlau Claire, uh, were involved uh, in a case uh, called uh, Pap and Stokes. And it involved a, a situation, um, not certainly not nearly as serious circumstances as the one that you're describing uh, but someone who was a uh, very technically capable employee but just didn't get along uh, with the people he was working with. And uh, what happened in that case 
um, is that uh, the our, our client received a call uh, from a prospective employer and gave an honest job reference, and that that employee then sued for defamation, saying, "Well, I, I didn't think I I I thought I got along with everyone. No one ever told me I didn't get along with anyone." Um, and so that went to the courts, and the courts found that no, no, no. If you're an employer and you get a call from a prospective uh, a, a prospective employer, you are um, you you're, you are able to tell the truth. In fact, you arguably have a duty uh, to be forthright in that situation. So not only are you able to tell the, the the truth, but the court is actually going to give you more. The law is going to give you more leeway than they might in other situations because similar to a credit check, a history credit check, or something of that nature, we really want uh, the law really wants people to feel unencumbered to make whatever comments they feel that person should know. Because, of course, of course, the whole point of a reference check is because they want to know what they're getting into. So absolutely, if this person has been charged with theft, especially if some, something that serious, um, I would say that not only can you tell people what happened, you arguably have a duty to tell them what happened. And if that's what really happened, you should know that a, a justification, in other words, truth, it's a full defense to any claim of defamation. So I, I think that you are well within your right, and, and as I said, uh, arguably your duty, um, to be very forthright and honest about what happened. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for the call, David. Appreciate it. And uh, if you have any questions further for John, you can give him a shout at one 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com. And uh, we're taking your calls here tonight on the Employment Hour, 416-870-6400 and one 225 talk uh, John, let's get to uh, an email here. Of course, we're not using any real names because that wouldn't be fun or fair. Uh, let's just say this one comes from Doug, and it, uh, and it reads, I, I've been working as a welder for 10 years, always full-time, and they told me that starting one year from now, they are going to cut my hours in half. Is that a wrongful dismissal? And if it is, how much severance do I get? Interesting one there. Yeah, there's, so there's a, there's a few things to unpack there. So the first thing is, okay, they're cutting his hours in half, right? So Frankie or uh, Doug, uh, you are going to be, uh, you're going to have your hours changed from, let's say, 40 hours per week um, to uh, 20 hours uh, per week. Well, that's going to be a reduction in your pay of fifty percent, right? So that's a big hit. That's, yeah. that's a big hit, and that's obviously going to be that's that's going to cross the threshold for wrongful dismissal. Usually, once you get past the ten or fifteen percent threshold, that's typically, of course, you always want to check with a lawyer. Uh, but in most circumstances, that is going to be a constructive dismissal. And certainly, what you have described there, uh, Frank, starting from you know, let's say forty hours and cutting that in half to let's say twenty hours, that is going to be. A termination. So the interesting question here is, okay, well, what are their obligations to you? Well, if they've told you that these changes aren't going to come into effect one year from now. Yeah, how does that affect Well, it? effectively, the company is giving you one year to decide what you want to do. And that includes looking for a new job, right? So if they've given you a date, and that date is one year from now, after 10 years, I mean, it's depending on your age and your your um, and other circumstances you know typically if you're working as a welder for 10 years typically your your entitlements are going to be somewhere around a year of your pay so if they've given you a year uh, year's working notice they may not owe you very much at the end of that because uh, they're giving you this opportunity to look for a new job so my best advice to you is that if you're not going to accept that 
uh, you're not going to accept them cutting your hours in half, and I probably wouldn't be inclined to do that if I were you, then use this time to find a new job because that's what the law says that uh, working notice is built for. And the company technically is is doing the right thing here because they are uh, doing something that they're not allowed to do, but they're taking a year to do it. And in that year's time, as long as they keep all of the conditions of your employment the same, then uh, there's there's nothing that you can really do in the intervening time. Well, if uh, you're, you think your hours are getting cuts and you're not sure what to do, and uh, perhaps you'd like to talk more with John or somebody else at the firm, it's 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. But uh, we always uh, give precedence to the calls that come in on the show. And we have Robert on the line. Robert, uh, how are you doing this evening? Very well, thank you. And what's your question here for John? Uh, 29-year employee, senior position, um, was there for 29 years, recently uh, laid off. What am I entitled to? Wow, 29 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what? 50. What? Uh, in your 50? I'm 50 years old. Okay. And you said this was a, a senior position. Was this a, a managerial position? Yep. Yeah, I had maybe at one time I had 400 people underneath me. Wow. But Okay. I, I had to lay off a couple of hundred people back in six, seven months ago. I knew it was coming down the pipe. My boss got laid off too, same time. Okay. I, I have no hesitation saying that someone in your position would be owed two years of your pay. Gotcha. Very good. So uh, if, if you've been, uh, I mean, now, now you said you've been put on, on layoff. Is this, has they... No, let go. I oh, agree. you've been let go. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and, and actually, it's one and the same. I, I just point that out because sometimes yeah. if they lay off, they don't pay you anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, Robert, if, if you've been offered less than two years of your pay, um, I think it, it's worth giving us a call and having a chat. Um, okay. Very good. Have, have they offered you anything, Robert? Or uh... Yeah. Yeah. They have made... Um... They have made an offer, and I'm looking it over. I haven't signed anything yet, but I will be giving you a call. Yeah, you don't yeah. sound too happy about it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm offered, guessing it's maybe. probably not 24 months, so I would I would give us yeah. a call if that's the case. Okay, very good. Okay. All right, there you go, Robert. And Robert, the number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and help at employmenthour.com. And and it's unfortunate in Robert's case there, especially for somebody having had to hand out as he as he mentioned uh, quite a few termination papers. And something in the back of his head, which I think, you know, at some point, many people, I think, get that feeling that, I don't know, something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's always a good time to arm yourself with the knowledge of, of when that termination hits, what to do when you're in that situation. Because I think when you do hit that situation, people are just, they're, they're struck by, by the gravity of, of what's going on. And they're confused and they don't know, and they're scared, right? They don't know what's going on. Right. And, and you know, this is this is not also to, to beat up on employers also since we no. had one calling us earlier. I mean, <laughs> terminating someone after 29 years, I'm, I'm sure that decision did not come easy. Uh, and it's a it's a hefty liability for a company, but uh, that's that's the reality they have to face. Uh, when, you're, when you terminate someone of, of long service like that, um, you have to understand that it's a it's a major major liability. Now you uh, he mentioned the word layoff and and you were quite, kind of questioning what his definition of that was. Uh, when it comes down to it, is, is there a difference between like a layoff and a termination and being fired? Are there is there a different weight given to each term or do they can they mean different things or? So for the vast majority of people, those two things are exactly the same, right? So. When, for instance, an employer puts you on a temporary layoff, um, that's really going to be treated the same way as a termination. If you've not been put on a layoff before in particular, 
and you've never accepted layoffs, you've never signed anything saying, I agree that my employer can put me on temporary layoffs, then by default, your employer can't do that. And you are entitled to treat that as a termination. So if your employer says to you, don't worry, it's just a temporary layoff, (laughs) that may be the case. But if you accept that temporary layoff, then you may not be able to do anything about it the next time that happens, or at least it will be a little bit harder to do something about it the next time that happens. So you should, uh, when you receive a notice of temporary layoff, speak to a lawyer the same way you would speak to one if you had a termination letter, because probably it's the same thing. And you can give John a call if uh, you're in that situation. It's 1-855-821-5900 or email help at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and 980 CFPL. And, of course, we're taking your phone calls. We are live this evening, Monday evening, 416-870-6400 or 1-888-225-TALK. Anything on your mind related to the world of employment law, uh, workplace harassment, you've been terminated, do you think you're about to be terminated, if you have have questions for yourself or a family member or a loved one, or even an enemy, uh, you know, we're all looking out for each other here. Uh, give us a shout, and uh, John can help you out with your uh, with your questions here. But let's uh, let's go down our list of uh, termination of employment uh, points here, John. And the second one is, uh, what if someone has only worked for a few months? Does that mean they may get a what a week or uh, or two weeks of severance? It will really depend on the circumstances, Ryan. Right. So if if you are twenty four years old. Uh, and you've worked in you know the retail sector as a cashier. Yeah, I mean there you may just be looking for at a couple weeks of severance. On the other hand, uh, if you are um, someone in sort of an executive sales position and you're earning two hundred thousand dollars per year, you're going to get a, a lot more than that. Um, so it really will depend on the circumstances. But the one thing that you you should that all our listeners should know is there's no mathematical formula. Okay, there, there is for your minimum entitlements, but there is not for your full entitlements. And for the vast majority of people, your full entitlements are all that really matter. So if someone tells you, well, no, of course you don't get severance. You've been here for less than a year and it's one week per year or it's two mm-hmm. weeks per year. Uh, that is the time to give us a call because we're going to have to look at the conditions of your employment and very likely you're going to be owed a lot more than that. And short service employees tend to be owed quite quite a lot of money uh, more than you would think that they are because the law recognizes that, hey, if you've just been employed for a couple months, you've now got this big gap on your resume. Well, I was about to point out, I think one of your uh, your comrades uh, in, in your Vancouver office, she uh, recently had a, a win concerning an employee of six months and they received, I believe, uh, six months uh, severance pay. Right. Uh, one month for every month they worked, which is, I think, <laughs> quite extraordinary. Right, right. And, and of, course, of course, there's no rule of one month per one no. month uh, year of service. But there's a case uh, in, in British Columbia, and British Columbia has uh, very similar decisions with respect to full entitlements as Ontario. So if it can happen there, it can happen here. Uh, and all, that, all that's to say is when you're a short service employee, I won't say all bets are off. Of mm-hmm. course, there is you know there is a method to the madness, uh, but it's not a formula. It really is tailored to the specific circumstances of that individual. And in that particular case, there were reasons that even though uh, this person had been there for six months, they were entitled to six months' pay. Now, if somebody wants a, kind of a, a ballpark idea of what they might be looking at uh, in terms of their full severance entitlements, you said you know there's no hard formula, but they can get a good idea of what they might be owed. Uh, whether they've just been terminated or they could be terminated down the road, or maybe you'll never be terminated, but you, you just want to take a look and kind of see what you might be uh, uh, looking at in terms of severance. It's called severancepaycalculator.com. 
You can go onto that website, or there's an app you can download as well for your phone, and you can actually plug in some of the top-level bits of information. So your age, uh, the the length of service, uh, the position, your salary, and it'll actually tell you. It doesn't retain any of that information. You don't have to give over a credit card number, but it will give you a range or kind of give you an idea without looking at all the specifics, kind of what you would be looking at. That's right, and it's it's a great tool. It will give you a range based on uh, basically the jurisprudence in that in that area, and uh, it will tell you at least whether you're in the right ballpark in terms of the entitlements that you've gotten. So it's a great tool. It takes thirty seconds to use. Uh, it's completely free. It's completely anonymous, and it's helped a lot of people. So. Uh, yeah, I, I listening to the show. I always hear John spit out the number over five hundred and fifty thousand Canadians. Yeah, it's have, something have staggering. To, like yeah, that. yeah, it's pretty crazy. So check it out: severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, and if you have any questions right now, you can give us a call here live. Talk to employment lawyer John Pincus. Uh, we're at four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred or one triple eight two two five. Talk. Should we do another email here? Sure, why yeah, not? Let's do it. Excellent. All yeah. right. Again, no true names here, but uh, Gail uh, writes, my coworker is constantly screaming and throwing fits in the office, and it makes me very uncomfortable. What can I do about it? What should she do? This is a situation that we actually hear all the time. Um, and the first thing that I would tell you, Gail, is speak to uh, your human resources manager. If you don't have a re- human resources manager, speak to the owner, the president, whoever is in that kind of position. Because every person uh, in Ontario, and and for that matter, in any province in in, in Canada, has a right to a harassment-free work environment, right? It's an implied term of your employment agreement. Just like it's an implied term that you're not going to steal or commit fraud, uh, it's an implied term that they are not going to tolerate or condone or foster a poisoned work environment. And if your coworker is creating that in the office, then the employer has a duty to deal with it. And if you make a complaint to your your employer and they're not doing anything about it, you should give us a call because we can write them a letter and hopefully set them straight. And if they refuse still after that, uh, then that may be grounds for constructive dismissal. So again, one step at a time here, but the very first step is to talk to the person, you know, who's supervising you or, or your manager or someone, some neutral third party or as neutral as that can be in uh, in the workplace. See if they'll deal with it. And if they won't, give us a call. And I'm guessing uh, it's always good uh, from what I've heard, again, listening to Lior so many years, is always get everything in writing, right? So so if you're going to, I guess, advance the issue or, or, or the, the incident, you probably want to get a written uh, uh, verification that you did discuss it with somebody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that they can't come back and say, "Well, no, you actually never spoke to us about this matter." E- email is the magic, uh, the magic <laughs> device here. Why do I like email so much? Because it's written. It's uh, it's a written record. It's time stamped. It's dated. It really cannot be disputed. So if you need to document a conversation that you're having with someone that you think they may try to lie about later, do it through email. And then you can email John help at employmenthour.com or give him a call 1-855-821-5900. And of course, we're taking your calls here live tonight on 640 Toronto and 980 CFPL, 416-870-6400 and one 225 talk And let's get back to some uh, more calls here. John, Bob, how are you doing this evening? Not too bad. Uh, what's your question here for John? Uh, well, I've uh, been working at a company for a uh, almost 22 years, and I decided to uh, you know, semi-retire a bit, and I wanted to work three days a week. Uh, so I asked them if that was okay. They said, yeah, no problem. Um, I sold my place in the city, bought a place up north, figuring I could commute uh, you know, just uh, for three days a week. 
But then they changed their mind and said I couldn't do it anymore. Hmm. So it's a two-and-a-half-hour drive each way. Okay. And uh, I'm guessing this was a, a verbal conversation you had? Uh, well, I have emails on it. They redo it on emails. Mm-hmm. I would say that's a very interesting situation and one that I, I wouldn't try to work th- through uh, right now because I think I think is the kind of thing that I'd want to sit down and have a more detailed discussion about. But if they have committed to do something, then there's definitely an argument there that that has now become a term of your employment. And for them to violate that and not allow you to do that anymore uh, could be could be uh, the grounds for constructive dismissal. So by way of example, we had a case recently where someone was working in a telecommuting arrangement and that employer decided that they did not want to abide by that anymore. And that was deemed determination. So definitely there are some building blocks where you could establish the right to say, no, 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 you have to employer, you have to honor this agreement, or otherwise I'm going to consider that you have to breach this agreement in a fundamental way such that I want my severance. So I I think that it would be best if we could have a more detailed discussion about this. I want to hear, first of all, I want to see those emails. I want to see exactly what they said and and what they committed to and the way they committed to it and uh, how how long it has been since that's happened and whether you've, I don't know if you, you started working a couple weeks in this arrangement and then they reneged on it or uh, there's, a, there's a lot I'd want to work through there, but definitely there could be a basis of a constructive dismissal and after 22 years, that's that's going to be uh, the stakes are going to be very high. So I'd definitely give us a call as soon as possible. You don't want to wait on this. Uh, timing right. is key. Okay, thank you. All right, and and Bob, the number to call is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. As John said, timing is key. So give them a shout or a help at employment hour dot com as well. Uh, we'll see, James. I'm not sure, but we'll see if John can help you out here. Uh, what's your question? Hi, um, I'm calling because. Um, my father's been working with the company for over 10 years, and uh, he's no longer with the company. He's trying to receive his pension. They would give him his pension in bulk, and upon sending his documents in, they, didn't, they then decided that they would no longer give him the option and said he would get paid in increments, but he still wants to receive it in bulk. Does he have any rights or means to that pension in bulk? So I'll make two caveats here. Uh, the first caveat is that uh, pensions are probably the one area that uh, fall a little bit outside my expertise. And generally speaking, you're going to want a, a pension expert to deal with those sorts of issues. And typically when people come to us with pension issues, we, we have someone who uh, we directly refer to them that, that helps them out with that. The second thing is your rights in this situation, or I think your, your father's rights you mentioned, uh, it's really going to depend on what's in that pension booklet, right? Because you're going to have a number of options. Sometimes you can take it in a lump sum. Sometimes you have to take it over time. Uh, it can be very complicated. Um, and it really will depend on the terms of that specific pension plan. So I'm afraid that just giving you advice off the cuff like this probably wouldn't be too responsible on my part. So I don't, I don't think I'm actually going to be able to give you an answer for that, unfortunately. But uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us and, and send us the um, pension booklet, then certainly we can get you connected with someone who can give you a clear answer to what the, his options are. All right, James, and you can uh, you can email help at employmenthour.com or call one 821 And John, as you mentioned, you know, sometimes uh, if it falls outside of uh, your your purview, your area of expertise, you know people. You, you got a guy or a yeah. gal. And, and this, <laughs> is, up. this is very, very rare. Uh, pensions are one of those things that, that typically um, we, we don't deal with 
too much if it's exclusively a pensions issue. Now, that's not to say that uh, we don't help people that don't have, that have pension issues. Often, pension issues go hand in hand with other employment law issues, and if you come to us, we deal with them all together, uh, and we do have the resources to help you with all of those things. Uh, and and including one of the things that we often deal with is pension contributions. And that is something uh, that we can deal with because that's just a severance entitlement. So when we're talking about pension contributions upon termination of an employment, this is something that I negotiate regularly. And we also negotiate sometimes if you are on a defined benefit uh, pension plan, we'll, we'll negotiate you know what value has been lost as a result of the termination of your employment. So I do see pensions, uh, pension issues come across my desk. And usually if they're directly related to severance, termination of employment, that kind of thing, we usually can help, but if it's something about the specific terms of the plan or the kind of issue that that caller just described, that's when we'll typically get someone who exclusively deals with uh, pension issues involved. And and for all our listeners, I'd be very careful when you have a pension issue about um, dealing with someone who's not exclusively um, specialized in that area because it is very, very complicated and people dedicate their whole lives to doing that. All right. Under the last two minutes uh, left to uh, play in this period here, if anybody has a phone call, last minute phone call, 416-870-6400. Uh, in less than uh, two minutes here, John, question, what do you do if the employer threatens to terminate employment with cause? What do you do if they're threatening to do it? What's the best piece of advice you can give? Well, the first question I would ask is why? Always a good place to <laughs> That's start. That's probably good, yeah. Right? So, uh, for example, uh, if they're uh, terminating your employment on the basis of uh, performance, uh, you may want to say, because sometimes an employer will just say, well, you know, we're, terminating, we're seriously considering terminating your employment for performance. Your performance has been poor. Then the first question that I would ask in the employee's shoes is, well, what about my performance has been poor? And if they say something you don't agree with, Tell them that you don't agree with it. And as we always say, tell them in writing. Get it in writing. Use your email. Get that time stamped because you are going to be thanking yourself later. Um, So if someone's making that threat, they're probably planning on following through with that threat. That's what happens most of the time. So just make sure that you paper the trail. And if you're concerned and you're not sure how to deal with it, give us a call. Uh, best piece of advice you can give is is give the firm a call, 1-855-821-5900. You can also email, talking about that paper trail, help at employmenthour.com. And of course, if you, if you just want an inkling of what you would be owed if you were fired, terminated, let go today, severancepaycalculator.com, over 500, rather, over 550,000 Canadians have used it. And of course... We'll be back at it Wednesday evening, just after 7 p.m. here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, thanks for coming in. John Pincus, employment lawyer. We'll have Lior again in on Wednesday. Global News Radio 640 Toronto and Global News Radio 980 CFPL. Alex Pearson is on her way next with On Point.